Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. Thank you for having me here. Are there some people who haven't been to a talk like this before, non-duality or satsang? Is it completely new for some? Okay. Okay. Just to speak a little bit about this work in the context of our time. Traditionally, non-duality or the search for truth was always housed within religion. And every religion pointed towards, towards it. Every religion was like, the kingdom of heaven is within you, or, you know, the, God is in everything, or coming from a Christian background myself, I'm more familiar with the Bible, but every culture indicates that deep within, what you are is divine. And because of, generally an evolution in consciousness is the phrase that's accepted now. Because of this change in our time, it tends to have moved out of religions and spirituality has stood alone for the last maybe 15, 20 years, mostly in the New Age sector, and it's moving again. And science is beginning to, to see things that we're seeing from the other side, from the going the spiritual path side. From the science perspective, all that happens is that an understanding of how we perceive the world and therefore ourselves is changing. And, and the fact that, for example, that you think there is your, you and that there are others there, that there's me and that there's you, and that there's essentially two, essentially a dualistic framework, has to do with the perceiving mechanism in our brain. That's all. We know now that the mind is an energy field. Scientifically we know it, but those who are doing spiritual work for a long time know that, you know, my thoughts change depending on what I eat. Depending on where I go, I can pick up what's going on. It affects my thoughts if I'm around somebody who's very upset. I'm at a funeral, I don't even know who it is and I'm crying. Duh, what's that? These kind of sensitivities, recognizing that, our, that something, something is perceiving the environment around us. Why do we feel better when we're in nature? Why do we feel better when we're beside the sea? And what we've picked up, what we've known now through science, is that the mind is in our energy field and it permeates every cell of our being. So all we can do is actually make changes in our brain because that will shift the perception from I'm the subject, and that's the object, and there are essentially two, and what I see is real, and what I can't see is not real. And that's it. And that's the most basic, most primitive way that our brain works. But with spiritual practice, with exposure to, gosh, you know, maybe the secret. Maybe, no, no, that's not quite it either. Maybe there's something more. Maybe there's being in the, in the presence of, of what I feel is, has more light than I have. I remember that that used to guide this woman for a long time. It's like, that person has something that I haven't got, and I'm going there. What is that? You know something I don't know, and I'm going after that. And that was my only guide, because I didn't know what others knew, like a spiritual teacher. I didn't know what they knew, but I knew I didn't know it. And so whatever it is that guides you, that brought you here, it's essentially always the same thing. It's knowing that there is something more. 
Now, phenomenally, your mind will say, your brain as the interface to the mind, it will say, well, yeah, you know, peace and stillness would be lovely, and if life is calm and when life is easy, it's just fine. But then you know what? That becomes not good enough either. Because as long as you think you are your body, as long as you think you are the person that you call yourself by, as long as you think you're your personality, there will be a gnawing sense of dis-ease. And it'll crop up just like life does, presents things in front of you. So the sense of, of there is something not quite right, not quite fulfilled. There must be more. Follow that feeling. Huh? That's your guide. That's like an aroma coming from the deepest part within you. If we don't follow our own inner direction, what happens is that we'll follow something else out there, which basically is desire-driven, which is basically giving your authority to something outside of you to make you feel better. And that will last for a while. As long as it's outside, it will work for a while. So, you know, something material or, you know, new house, new car, new pastime, new dress, I mean, depends, anything. Whatever it is, a new diet, whatever it is that makes you happy, it will only last for a while if it's external. What this work is about is pointing your mind inward. And because now we know where the mind is, we still have this language saying pointing your mind inward. Really what it is, is changing the perception from me and out there to just subject. Maybe it's all the subject. Does this make sense? Okay. Here's a little exercise. <clears throat> so let your body feel at rest. You don't have to move it at all. You can just find rest. Just let everything drop. Completely and totally drop. Nothing going on at all. If you want, just notice what your breath is doing. You don't have to interfere with it. It does it its own in and out beautifully on its own. Now, as these words are reaching you, let them come to meet you. Don't go out to understand or to see Jack or to make sense of this. Don't make any effort at all. No effort at all. And let these words come to find you. And settle within. When there's no effort at all to go outside in any way, we shift gears. Mind starts to go inward. Attention starts to go inward. And it's automatically effortless. Right now there is nothing to do at all. Let everything come to meet you. Your body will breathe the air that it needs. It doesn't need a whole lot, whole lot else.
Let these words come to meet you. See if the sense of you can expand. See if there is a sense of you that can gently be wider than the edge of your skin. Be sure not to push out the sense of you. It's more like follow to see how far does your energy go out. If your system is relaxed, it will go out and out and out. And you'll probably lose sense, lose the sense of where it might end. It kind of dissipates out there. So when this state is present all of the time, it's called unity consciousness, this oneness. Attention is inside, and there is a sense that what you are permeates everything. There's just a merging of everything. And it's pretty nice, isn't it? If you could allow yourself to really rest, it's kind of sweet. And that's just the oneness part. A lot of people on the spiritual search work to achieve that level of oneness and to stay there because it feels safe. What's happened in the body is that the fight or flight has turned off. That real primitive thing, is it safe, is it not safe? And if you couldn't do the exercise, it's because something needed to be on alert to protect you. And if something needed to protect you, it's because there is a belief that the world is not safe. If there is a belief that the world is not safe, you've got some healing work to do. You can do that and heal it to train you how to go in to the part of your nervous system that's at ease all the time. A lot of people set that up as a goal, that you can hang out in that just interconnectedness of everything because there's a sense of love that arises there with such ease and such gentleness. But there's more. The spiritual search really begins when that phenomenal sense of peace becomes not good enough. When that becomes an experience that's like, that's just another state of mind. I want more. I want to know the truth. I want to know what am I doing here and am I here at all? So there are those two steps. And you can go to a lot of satsang, spiritual gatherings that bring you to that unity consciousness. And it's lovely. And life can be celebrated there. And it's all happy days. (laughs) And in that zone, there's like a bowing to whatever life brings because you can see the unity rather than the rejection. Because your fight or flight is turned off, so it's not automatically resisting everything. A cop car is coming up behind you, it's not ah, fight or flight, it's like, okay, that's what's happening now. That's all right too. 
And when you're in that oneness zone, that's your response. Everything is all right. It's a fine way to live. And if that's good enough for you, that's fine. But the jack gig is a little bit different. It's about going from oneness to prior to one, before one. Because one, that oneness, interconnectedness of everything is one too many. It's just one too many. Because what we have is we've assumed that you are real, that there is, there can be separation, but that there's interconnectedness of everything. We've assumed that, you know, that really if we manage the body, I can get a sense, and my mind, the brain, how it connects to the mind, if we manage that, I can get a sense of peace. And I can live from that place. Yeah, you can. But that's really not the end of the game at all. That's not the search for truth. That's the search for happiness. And that's fine. That's totally fine if that's your gig. But there's more. So if, if there is still access to that stillness inside, that kind of ease with the world, where these words come to you and you're not efforting coming out to meet something, to try to understand. If you're in that kind of peaceful zone, ask inside to go deeper. It's like, okay, I get that, but you know what? It's not good enough. Dismiss it. Dismiss it. And see what happens then. Now we're into the juicy bits. This is where fear pops up. This is like, <laughs> a quaking for many people. Just a sense of like, that's kind of empty. I, I don't like that. Of course the eye doesn't like it because the personality is not who you are. The personality will try to stay strong and alive and it can only choose between I like and I dislike. So it's either going to say yes or no to this. Let what is deeper pull you home. Pull you out of this game of dual and non-dual. Let it pull you. That pulling is called grace. If I can bring a traditional religious term into contemporary talking about the truth, that's grace. That like a movement to what is before or deeper than oneness and the interconnectedness of it all. That's what we do when you're sitting with Jack. It's about that, after the oneness, leaving what you are not. What you are not is your personality, your body, your thoughts, your mind. You're not any of that. That's just a puppet created by that which created all, creation itself. Your body-mind is a puppet working with whatever condition is running at the time. Because your thoughts today were influenced by genetics, the environment, how you slept last night, what you've eaten. This is the concoction that is influencing your thoughts today. You think they mean anything? It's just a cocktail of chemicals. It's not you at all. Really, we're just software machines. But the, the thing with this Jack character is that the stepping back 
that happened several years ago led to a pulling, that pulling, that suction, that, that vacuum into grace to where there was what was experienced like a violent uh, annihilation of this Jack character, woman, personality, this life, this singular independent life. It was seen just to be a belief. It was just thought to be my life. And what was discovered was that, gosh, all of this is just exquisitely created out of the perceiving machine that is this body-mind. And because we are a human race, we have pretty similar perceiving machines. So we, you know, we connect like everything. I mean, how do the birds fly in a V, you know? They don't say, okay, you go first and I'll go last and I'll go from before. After 20 minutes, then I'll take the lead, okay? Because you'll be tired and... So much happens naturally, but we've invested so much in having a sharp mind. We've got such emphasis and reward for intelligence that we really think we can work it out with our mind. The mind is fine for managing in the world, but it can't figure out what you really are. Because your mind is faced towards the world, and what you really are is behind. It's, it feels like it's like at the back of your head. Energetically, it feels back there, behind oneness, behind the idea that this is real, behind the idea of existence, behind time, behind space. Prior to that, now your mind can say, but sure, I don't know what you're talking about. What's behind that? There's nothing behind that. It's like, yes, let your mind see that there's nothing behind that. There is no thing there. Perfect. There is no thing there. Because the mind can only deal with phenomena. Can only deal with things, with ideas, with pictures, with subject, object. It's a, it's a limited tool. It's fantastic for facing forward out into the world. But for going back, there is a capacity within you that knows the truth. And if I were to tell you, yeah, the truth, you know, will set you free. If we were to do this, it's like, you know what, we'll be setting up another religion. I'm not interested in it. You can do this yourself. By listening to some kind of an inner voice or following that inner pull or rejecting whatever mind presents as being, okay, this is it. If mind says, okay, this is good enough, reject it. There are little tools that you can give to your mind in order for it to stay focused where it can manage well, but that you have some capacity to go prior and to find out what that's about. What you will hit up against along the way is the idea that you exist as an independent human being. And we will cling to that idea until you see that it's only an idea. Something doesn't want to die. It's built in, in everything that's alive. Everything. We even know that when trees are being hacked down that they make some kind of a scream. Like, it's wild, no? But that there is something that does not want. Even, even when, when you're going to pick a flower, a flower trembles because it knows that it's near its death. And we have the same mechanism, that when you go prior to the idea of you being an individual, 
when you're rejecting that and you're saying, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm more. You're using mind to go prior to mind. Fear will come up because it's like, whoa, don't, don't tell me I'm not real or that everything I thought is really only what I thought, that it's not actually what is. So expect fear to come. It's the natural instinct to stay alive, to keep things as they always were. It looks like there's an option. You can obey the fear, or you can say, that's just an emotion. That's just created by this mechanism that's trying to keep itself alive, that is imagining that physical death goes along with the death of who I think I am. Maybe not. This body is still alive, so it can be recommended. And if the body dies, it doesn't matter. If it dies tonight in its sleep or gets killed, it makes no difference at all because it is known here that I'm not this body. I know I'm not this body. This body is just a computer program. It's just doing its thing. And I know that what you are is not your body. It's like so clear. But that the mind will imagine that, that that's the sum total of what it is. It's, it's, it's the body and it's the mind and that's me and my life and that's the extent of what I am. And it's like, that's kind of self-hypnosis. Because the world works like that. But if you're here, you, you must be listening to something. Something pulled you here. And I'd encourage you to follow that. Follow that. So another little trick that's in a lot of the uh, literature about, about this work is if you ask the question, well, who is sitting here? Of yourself. Who is sitting here? You go, well, Joanne, Tom, whatever the name that pops up. Really, that's just the name on the body, no? And, and who is that? Well, it's me. Is that really? And who is that? If you take away all those labels, what's left? And if you take away the images that you might be coming up with, my spirit, my soul, the chakra system, I'm a piece of energy, really? That's all, is it? If it can be recognized by the mind, I guarantee you that you're not it. Mind isn't wired to know. It, it's not the tool for recognizing what you are. It's just not the tool. We can use it to get so far, but it can't come up with the answer. It, it can't come up with the answer because that's not within its brief. Mind will always be referring to subject, object, me and something. So I am my chakra system. I am energy. I am formless. I am divine. It has to use a label. It has to. That's, that's, that's mine. So just recognize its limits. It's fine. So if you've no limit and you're trying to figure out what you really are, you've no label, you're trying to figure out what you really are, something knows that's not your mind. And I want to talk to that. 
That's really what's here. Your mind can be, you know, receiving these words and making sense of it, of course, because mind wants understanding. Of course it does. It's natural. That's what we do in the West. We want to understand things. And then mind will settle down a little bit. But deeper than that, huh? Deeper than that. Is it all right to sit there and not have a label when you're saying, who is the one who's sitting here if I take away the body, the idea of me, my name, my personality, all the energetic labels? If I take away all of those, who's the one sitting here? Is it all right to have no label at all? Let it be okay to have no label at all. If there is no label, then mind has stopped following, following you. Following the thought system. Now go deeper than that. And stay there. What's called self-realization or enlightenment is when something happens in the brain where staying there is the only option. And you can't kind of crank up the subject-object to come out into the world again. It doesn't become a technique anymore. It becomes the, like, it becomes the... the underpinning, capital R, reality of how things are. It's a technique until rewiring changes in your brain. Until seeing who you really are. It's like, oh my holy moly, I've been pretending. How in the name of God did I fall for all that garbage? A whole lifetime of imagining that it was my life and I was choosing and I was deciding and I was suffering and I was... And the seeing that, that that role was just played in the best way that it could play, but it was never you. It was never you. So outside of all of it, no label. The body will naturally be resting. Don't mind the body. It's fine. No label at all. Go deeper still. And all any great spiritual teacher was ever saying was, stay there. And it will show itself that that's what you are. But it's not a phenomenal that. It's like beyond all of it. Ha shows itself to have an authenticity that that's actually what you are. But as long as interest in the world or, oh, oh that's great, gosh, I can do that tomorrow. It's like, oh dear. <laughs> You're gone out again. Believing your own story again. Trying to make your own story better. That's the first thing mind will do. 
God, wouldn't that be great if I could stay like that all the time? I hope I remember that tomorrow, that I could just kind of let the world meet me instead of going out and making such an effort. It's like, what are you doing compromising if those thoughts are running? What are you doing? Why would you be compromising with the little personal eye as if you're that, trying to make it better? It will never be better. It's desire, designed not to feel okay. So that you'll keep searching to find out what is real. It's not real. So it's never going to be happy. Be happy for a while. You see? If there is anything that you come across that allows you to go prior to any thought, use it, use it, use it, use it. At the moment, what we know, all that we know about the brain is that certain things shut down the part of the brain that make us keep thinking in subject-object, me and it, me and the world, me and my life, me and my mortgage, me and that this actually is a piece of the brain that runs the whole way down from the front to the back. I will remember the, word, the name of that part of the brain soon, but um, not a biologist. <laughs> it's a big long word. And so to switch off that aspect of the brain that, that is the HQ for the hypnosis, to switch off that part of the brain, sometimes mantras work. For some, following these steps, going back, going inside to where the world meets you and going prior to that. For those who might follow the, the spiritual path of I am instead of I am Jack, it's like, okay, we drop the personal and we go to the impersonal. It's just I am, and you hang out in that being zone. You can use these steps. There's different steps. Some of them burn out that capacity to keep the hypnosis going, and some don't. We don't know yet, but it's an exciting time in science. We'll know in the next, I don't know, five to ten years is my reckoning, of what really is most effective in turning off the hypnosis. It really is like the Matrix movie. It really, really is like the Matrix movie. What you really are is not here. It's not here but it has a capacity to be known through the body, which is wonderful. Anybody totally lost? Hey. <laughs> lost in part way, huh? <laughs> hmm. Okay, so the format that we usually use is, is if somebody wants to ask questions, mm, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send the mic around, okay? Because, um, because, it, because it's so crowded, it's not that easy to come up and down to this chair. Is that okay? So I'm just going to pass the mic around. So the thing is just to... The advantage of having a chair is that people have a question half prepared, really, mostly prepared before they come up so that they're succinct, Okay. So just have an idea of what you want to ask before you get the mic, and that way it gives everybody a chance. Sure. 
I don't know if it's turned on. I might check it to back. It's on. It's on? Okay, thank you. Hi. There's a switch on the side. Is that yeah. working? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you knew me in Seattle as Lama. Ah! Oh, lovely to see you again. Oh my goodness. A big etheric hug. I'll catch you after. <laughs> Secret is to not is is it a not doing? It's about not doing something. What mind will do is it it will try to be attached to the idea that this is wonderful. It will create it as a state of mind, and then lo and behold, it's come in, and I, the me, is enjoying having no me. That's literally what it will do. It will create a state out of it. So be loose around it, huh? Be loose around it. Say, okay, this is happening. It may come, it may go. This seeing, it might get deeper. And everything might be all about me and I might be the centre of my own movie tomorrow. So what? Let it play as it does. Paradoxically, if things are that loose, genuinely that loose, it will solidify. If you leave it that loose with the idea of like, that's great now, because uh, there's a better chance that this, this won't solidify because I, I'm not attached to it. It's like, mm, if you're playing that game, it has to be so authentic now, you see? Because mind will set up this non-doing as a to-do list. Right? That's the tricky one. It's a surrender, surrender, surrender with no attachment to the outcome. It's like, yeah, this is to be enjoyed, this is lovely. No stickiness at all. I'm sorry, what? No stickiness at all. Yeah. Completely loose around it. Well, it's very, it's very tricky. Um, I've been uh, working with a woman on Liberation Unleashed. And we've had a very intense dialogue over the past month. Uh-huh. And, and this, this is kind of the result of this work. So. She's really good because all these sticky little subtle things that 
I don't pick up, I don't see, she, she helps me. Fantastic. And so it's been great, but I, I, I really wanted to come because I wasn't that too far away from you tonight. Great. To see you, and I appreciate it. Uh, no, I always appreciate you, so. Sure. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Um, Must be like three years ago, that Seattle visit, huh? Long time. Yeah, four years ago. I'm holding this Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> the gentleman just in front of you, I think, will take the mic. Directly, no, directly. Mm-hmm. Is it okay if I remain seated at all? Of course. Okay, you're sitting. Yes. All right. Uh, you gave me so much lift here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know thank you. But you said about confronting the mind and well, why, can, why don't you just be, be content? Yes. I do remember, yes. But now what I'm hearing is that anything you attached to brings you back in the home of the mind. Nothing that the silence of the non-mind, yes. I, call it, I don't know what else to call it, the home maybe, uh, is enough. Yes. And, but take it, taking hold of anything, explain, especially explaining it, to myself, yes, or showing off, or whatever, you know. Yes. Oh boy, yes, that doesn't work. So thank you once again. You are very welcome. I, I have no idea of where it, where this is going. Good. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah, the controller is dying off, huh? Maybe. Yes, great. Thank you. So you can continue to allow the mind to be content. The mind can practice contentment. It's like you're giving a bone to the dog. It needs something. It needs something. Mind needs something because it's always chewing and gnawing at something. So it's like, just be content, mind. Be content. And then, go back, go down, go deep. Beyond labeling and see what's there. Because even content is not enough. Not at all. Right. Not at all. But it just gives but it something. It the mind. It does. It's a warm feeling. It's a warm feeling, and it, it just it gives something healthy to the mind yes. instead of it mucking about in an area where it has no tools oh. or skills. You know? Yeah. Good, good for you. Thank you. You're welcome. There's a lady in the middle and the back there. If we can just pass the mic through the rows. Thanks, John. Yes. In this world. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what keeps on coming up in the terminology is motivation. How do I operate without just, I don't know, staying in bed 24-7? Okay. 
So the, 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 the woman, what's your first name? Sarah. Sarah, okay. So the Sarah character can live a life. Why not? The Sarah character can, can have her own work, career, relationships. That's the Sarah character. Knowing that you are not Sarah is what we're talking about. But if the Sarah character is connected still to who you think you are, the Sarah character is going to have the repercussions of no motivation. And so the driver of why you want to achieve that state is... Okay. It's, it's a pull to know the truth. It's for freedom. It's freedom. And it's like, yeah, life needs to happen. Sure, I mean, why not? Life isn't the obstacle. And we've misinterpreted it, and certainly in, in my own journey, I misinterpreted it, because we didn't have a model of how to do this, because people who broke through were usually connected to ashrams or monasteries, or in some way they were like hermits. Their life was pulled back. It's not like that anymore. It's a different time. So we're learning how to do this to operate in the world. One thing that I found very useful is to see the mind, and scientifically it's not accurate, but it's a useful trick, to see the mind in terms of the thinking mind and the working mind. So the working mind will enable Sarah to have, you know, it's like, okay, I've got a job, I've got, a, I've, I've got bills to pay, of course I should have a career, why not exercise my potential as a human being, why not? And the working mind can enable that to happen. The thinking mind is the one that has fantasies and says, oh, I'd love that. That'd be great. That'll make me happy. And lo and behold, the thinking mind is what will make you suffer. The thinking mind is the one to go after. Thinking Yeah. So Sarah needs the working mind to, to have a full life. Life isn't the obstacle. But knowing that you're not the Sarah character... Knowing who you really are, that's freedom. Thank you. Sure. Just, there you go. Hi. I came tonight hoping to get, I'm very new to this as well. Okay. So, never been in that state that you're talking about. Sure. But I came tonight hoping to get more clarity on what this non-dualistic concept is. Um... I guess I'm having a hard time with understanding that it's my damn very nasty this question. Not at all. Whatever. So it's been sort of explained to me that this infinite potential just started creating. Yes. And so that everything we see is a manifestation of that creative. Yes. There's not good, there's not bad, evil thoughts, good thoughts, and I can't, I cannot wrap my head around that, and I so, it, it just blew my whole concept of what I thought a higher power was, you know, sort of a belief that I had of what God was my okay. whole life. I, I, it is a complete mystery to me Okay. what this creator is, Yes. and I know that there's like love and everything behind this creation. You can't look at nature and not know that there's amazing love and beauty and order and just perfection. Yes. 
but yet we still see and witness horrific things. Yes. So how could that creator create both? If there's only two. Yes. See, I'm asking you a really, I don't know. No, it's great. It's a great question. Sure. (laughs) The body wants to understand. Sure. There is no creator. There is no... (laughs) There is no external God. Because the dualistic mind will say, me and God, God and the world. Created creator. It has to. That's that program, that duality program. It'll have to have two. And some part of you is, has a foot still in the dualistic framework because it wants, you know, it hasn't seen that the creator and the created, that's actually keeping you in that framework of duality. There is no external creator because if you think about it, who created the creator then? Who created God, you know? Where would we find the answer to that? Yeah, we don't we're only barely scratching what we know about the body. Yeah. So Yes. Okay. So there is no creator. All that we can be conscious of. We can only be conscious of it from within consciousness. Let's say it's a sphere. It's not a sphere, but it's kind of a useful way to explain it. That all of the galaxies, everything that's ever been created, is within a sphere. There's nothing outside the sphere. Nothing. No God, no nothing. But the sphere only can see itself from inside itself. Because there's nothing outside of it to look at it. So the idea that there's two, that that we can look at it, is only a figment of our mind, which is a product of it, inside within it. So consciousness, that which can be aware of anything, has rigged itself up in such a fantastic way that it can only be aware of itself from within itself. Because there's nothing outside of it to be aware of it. So it has to be able to see itself from inside itself. So as a result, it has to have separation because in order for you to see yourself, there must be slight separation. So for you to see your hand, it's that your eyes are separate from your hand. You see? So there's something looking at something else. So the apparent division, even though you know, okay, look, my eyes and my hand, it's all my body. It's just all one piece. But to see it, we almost have to split it into two because the looking part has to be separate from what we look at. So this, this mechanism of us looking at things only happens from inside it because there is no ultimate creator. It's creating itself because it has the ability to be aware of itself. If its ability to be aware of itself stopped, there would be nothing here. Nothing here. Because it can only be aware of itself from within itself. That's part of its own capacity. So what are you experiencing when you're going into that state that you talked about before? How is that different? I'm not 
there, there, when, when there is, hmm, okay, when it used to start happening first because of deep spiritual practice, there was a complete and total disconnection from the world. For example, there was a period of six days that just disappeared. They just disappeared. All, all of a sudden, one day, the calendar was six days later. It was like, whoa, what's going on? It can't be Thursday. It's last Saturday. And the person I was with, and I was in a ashram in India, and I was in a safe place. The person I was with just said, I don't know, you just lay on the floor in some kind of trance for a week. And I just said, Jack, you have to eat now. I put food in front of you. And I said, Jack, you better have a shower. And Jack, you know... And, and that was it, that was it. I was, there was no sense of the world at all. And it's like it was, I wasn't really prepared for it. My body couldn't cope with it. But there was no consciousness of the world at all. And when some connection with the world came back, I said, oh my God, that's how it works. Mind, it's just like a little, a little capacity of the mind over here at the side, which can see that I can imagine that there's me and that there's the world. I have the capacity to imagine that there's separation. And it never got, it was never so, it was never so separate again after that incident. Separation was only, that's just a capacity of my mind to think that there's me and a tree and me and you. That's just a habit. It's a bad habit. And it never again became solid. So what is, what is it that's pulling us? You talked about something pulling us. Yeah. What is that then? There's no creator or something. Yeah, there, yeah. You see, we call it grace because we, we, we don't know what word to put on it. What it is, I guess it's kind of evolution. It's like an, an evolution. There's something happening. It's kind of undeniable because this, this stuff is spreading, isn't it? You know, it's like the hunger to find out what's... The world doesn't do it for us anymore. The hunger to find out what's really going on is getting stronger and stronger. And what is that hunger? It's like it's an evolution of consciousness. You know, and Darwin was actually incorrect, and scientists know this now, that we didn't evolve gradually. We, there was a leap, and then there was a leap, and then there was a leap, and lots of gradual things in between. But there were huge leaps, and we're in the, you know, gone into a huge leap. That's why we have these indigo children, and, and, and fantastic, amazing things happening. It's like time gets faster, and a lot of wacky things are happening. You know, but but really, it's because we're at, at a leap, and this hunger is getting stronger and stronger, because there's an evolution moving away from separation, from ignorance, from believing the world to be what is real, and recognizing that it simply per, it looks real because perception is accepted to be giving you the real picture, and following that pull will show you that perception has just been accepted to be real. That's just creation looking at creation. And so when creation is looking at creation, you're looking at, at a tree. Creation is looking at creation. What it is, is like you looking at your hand. It's the same thing. It's all interconnectedness, but there's imagined separation in order for functioning to happen. But we take it to be real. So that model of yourself looking at a tree is only valid from within creation. There is no outside creator because then that model would be taken out of it, you see? And that model is only inside in what is created. So, one last question then. So, you don't believe there is a God or a higher power? I can say there is only God. I can say that it's all God. And that's where that's my question started. Even the bad 
Yes, because as the dualistic perception fades, the me, you, right, wrong, as those right, wrong viewpoint, it's, it's a way of perceiving. As it fades, the wisdom in having experiences like cancer, like murder, those experiences, it's part of being human. It's part of the movement of the opportunity to experience the depth of pain and the depth of joy. That's, that's what the world is about. It offers both. And there's a beautiful side to both. But the movement away from suffering is really strong. It's really strong. So there isn't a separate God, but all of it is God. All of it is God manifesting. Sure, sure. Uh-huh. Um, I can really relate to the part about extreme pain and joy. I lost my son this summer to suicide. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And the pain is very, very deep. However, somehow I have also seen the beauty of it all accepted through that pain of what you just spoke about. However, my question, as far as the evolutionary part, where there are so many young ones that are using rights, and that was the reason for this too, is I realize it's God experiencing itself through the drug world, but it just seems like it, it just seems so um, I can't even explain what it, it it just seems so wrong that's my judgment again but it, it's, do you have any words about that, that it's so common today to use drugs perhaps to get to that inward step, backward step, yes. it, it falls in a false way. Yes. Because we have such, we have so much endorsed commercialism, it's like it's, it's almost hardwired that something outside can get rid of this feeling of not being happy, of not feeling okay. The not feeling okay is actually a call to go in to find out what the truth is. But because we're hardwired to imagine that something outside can fix it, you know, that's what kids do. It's like something outside can make, ah. And so we just have more sophisticated things than drugs, you know. It might be a nice bottle of wine. It might be, you know, a, a new car. It might, but something outside gives me that sense of, ah, desirelessness wanting nothing, being okay. The product is different, but the mechanism is the problem. But it seems more rampant today than ever before. I think the hunger is greater. The hunger for happiness is, is very potent. It's very potent. But, but, but we imagine that it's outside, you know? Our kids imagine it's outside, you know? Because that's what we've been trained to think, you know? Because we just got very commercial. Also, when there's a lot of light, there's a lot of dark. And it's almost like deep pain is coming up to meet 
the, the, the freedom that's actually accessible now. You don't have to spend 12 years as a disciple to a guru in order to, in order to be told about non-duality. You know, it's YouTube, thankfully. You know, it's great. And so because there's more access to the light, there's more access to the flip side of the light. There's more suffering. That's the dualistic way, you know. But it's okay. It's okay. Somehow it's okay. We're not completely destroying ourselves. We'll be okay. Do you know? It's just that the intensity of how we experience is very, very deep. And that's one of the beauties of being human. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've always been told that that's the hardest thing you can experience is losing a child. Losing a child, yeah. And um, I understand that. And, and yes, I, I feel graced in knowing, and, and I, I'm not suffering uh, from it. I, I have deep grief, which yes. is natural. Yes, absolutely natural. But I really am not suffering with it, mm. which I'm very grateful for. Mm. And so there is in that depth of such pain, there is like there's something underneath that I have also felt this very, very sweet joy. Yes. Yeah, sure. Say something about that? Sure. I, I get a sense that seeing that nothing is happening to me is not happening to anybody. Yes. And therefore, nobody's really suffering. Yes. It's, 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 it's just the perception just totally changes and then that's right you see there's no problem anywhere yes there is no problem anywhere but when the perception is that i am suffering then that experience is being had but it's only perception yeah it's only perception it's a shift in perception yeah. that's right and and I, i'm not saying that to dismiss suffering it's not this is just the mechanism that even science has now. It's just the mechanism that makes suffering a possibility as a human experience. It depends on how it's perceived, how the world is perceived, and how you perceive yourself ultimately, because the world disappears when you disappear. Do you have a response when the sensation of falling happens? Usually I want to see where I'm going to go. Ah. And what happens then? Oh, it's just this, I 
guess empty legs of keys. Okay. You know the part of it that wants to see where you go? Can you leave that behind? Can you kind of leave that sitting on the cushion and, and let the falling be without that observing, investigative aspect? Can there be just the falling? Well, it could be. It's, what I mean by it's just an allowing, you know, like I want to find that place that, you know, where the pulling is coming from. And I, so it's an allowing, I guess. Okay. To, you know, witness what it is. Okay. Where the pulling is coming from. Okay. It feels like mind is, 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 it wants to know something, but it can't go there. You see? It's, it's looking for the answer. You know where the pulling is coming from, but mind doesn't know where the pulling is coming from. You know, but you, 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 you just know you know something, but you don't know what you know. That's the kind of feeling about it. Do, do, do you get that part? Is there a knowing where the pulling comes from, but, but, but your mind doesn't get it? I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. So, is there... I, I know there's an unknowing where it's coming from. Okay. All right. So can mind be happy with the unknowing? Yes. All right. And then can there be a falling away even though mind hangs out in the unknowing? Can there be a falling back into it? That's where, I, that's where I'm, you know, you know, I enjoy it. I like it. Just, I like the unknowing and, and the letting go and the surrender. So... Well, you see, there's something juicy in the experience for you. So you're hanging out in the experience because it's juicy. So it's like, okay, there's that falling back. It's like, not this, not this. And wait for nothing. Look for nothing. No searching for what's prior to this. Nothing. Just not this. And let it be totally blank. Yes, because the experience is being enjoyed by the personal or the I am or some aspect of you is hanging out there. There's an identity who's enjoying it. I like it, you said, you know. So, and, and, I, and I'd like to know where, where that's arising from. You see, so it's like, it, it, that's too entertaining. There's something in there that, that is too far in the world, too much of mind, and we don't have the bandwidth to go from too far in the world to prior to all of it. So you've got to let go of the part that's interested and entertained or enjoying it. You've got to let go of that. And so then the fastest way to let go of that is to dismiss the state that you enjoy. So when the falling happens, it's like not this, 
And so when that's rejected, there's no stickiness for you to hang out enjoying yourself. So it's like, there's the falling and not this. And watch then, because it's like, I like that. You know, okay. <laughs> then you'll know, you're back in the personal and it's like, okay, mind is really coming with you. So it's about seeing that around the stickiness, around mind wanting to find, get the answer or experience it or figure it out or all of that interest has to go. Uh, going back a little bit, is sometimes it is uh, fearful. You, I feel the, the fear of all. Yes. Fear of, go through that portal. That's the door I'm looking Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. It's worth hanging out in the fear place. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's more potent. Yeah, because we, what do we do with fear? Oh, we move away from that. It's like, actually, that's the hot one. Yeah, I kind of run towards it. Good. Have you ever let the fear have, have you? Like when the fear is there, let it get bigger and bigger and bigger and stop looking at the fear, but let it take you. Yeah. Yeah, really, really feel what that fear is. Get, get to know that fear. You know, it's like it's, um, it's like a no man's land, you know? It's like a, a, a territory out there that's uh, to be walked, to be trodded through so that the essence of fear is understood to be what it is. Because usually at the end of fear, we end up figuring out about existence. And it's like, oh, actually, do I exist at all? What exists? And it, it's usually protecting the existence door. Fear. Fear is. So if I'm reluctant to kind of say, drop that technique and take on this technique, it's not really about that. It's if the mind is going to come with you, no matter what, if we don't nip that one, no matter what technique you do, you're going to have the same results. It's mind is coming with you. So, in the present moment, and staying present during this fear thing, that, that's more like that would kind of like trump the mind. That would kind of, pardon? Trump or override, Drop, override the mind. It's okay, stay present to the fear and then drop the staying presence bit because staying present will keep you in linear time. Because if we're in the present moment, we're stuck in linear time. And doing this work, it, it, it's like you, you kind of, it splits. It's like a split second. Something splits and time doesn't make sense. So if, you're pre if, you're, if, if the idea is to stay, in the, stay present with something or stay in the present moment with it, it's like, uh, 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 won't work, won't work. It's like, okay, okay, this is happening. Let's see what this is about. You know, and just let it get bigger. Come on, come on, show me. What's this? What's this? It's more being cheeky, like invited, invited to get stronger, to have its way with you. Rather than you kind of steering back, let it take you, let it have you. Do you thought to be experienced? It's not so much talking to the experience, it's more telling the mind, come on, come on. It's like, have courage, have courage. Jump into the fire. It's almost like you're telling mind to do that. 
So by running those ideas of like, come on, bring it on, come on, bring it on. Falling, sure, falling, okay, drop falling. Come on, deeper than that, deeper than that. Not good enough. What you're doing is you're, you're churning up some kind of courage. Yeah, and just to know that you can't go there. You know, that's the, it, you see, we don't really have language because the language is dualistic. You can't go there. What you are is there. And it's about blowing a fuse so that being there all the time is possible. Really, it's about that, you know? It's about a short circuit. But as long as you take mind back, we're just turning up the voltage ever so slowly and you'll manage it. Yeah, but you won't. You won't. We're looking for blowing a fuse here. Does that make a bit of sense? Okay, that's all right. Okay. Hi. Your comment just then about blowing the fuse, I I need to blow one. Okay. I understand what you're saying, and I've been in this place just for a couple of years, but I am in a very stuck place. And someone within the community um, said something, did something that was just so hurtful to me. Obviously, my personhood, my personality is very, very strong here, and I want to get rid of this feeling, get over this. Um, and, and you, you I, were the one, sorry, you were the one who said something hurtful to somebody. Oh, somebody hurtful, some, okay, somebody said something to you. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to be here. I, I, I mean, I don't want to be in this place. And obviously, this didn't just go through me. I mean, it just it, uh, went very deep and hurt me very, very much. Yeah. And um, I, I don't like this. Yeah. About, it really shows how I haven't gotten very far. How I haven't let this fuse um, blow up this personality and uh, be in this prior place that you're talking about. I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but this incident shows me so much how stuck I really am. Okay. Did you take it personally from? Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I recognize that. Ah. Okay. I that very clearly. Okay. Okay. And I'm still there. Okay. Although I've been trying to deal with it and realize that that's just my body mind and that's not really me, you know, not the, the true thing that you're talking about. But uh, it's still there. Okay. So, so then when this person said something hurtful that kind of punctured something, um, were they right? Were they saying something that was I true? I feel that that was why it really, I think, hurt me so deeply because I thought, are you kidding me? Where is that coming from? It was shocking. Okay. It, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, I would say this is the third most shocking thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Right. And all three of these have come from supposedly spiritual people. Sure. Who are in, you know, this. Yeah, not in this kind of work, but anyway, and that, and I think that's a, another reason why it was so. I, I'm so stuck. Yeah. It's just like, wow. 
I've been treated better as just a plain old human being. Of course. You know, by people of course. Who are not even even considering. I mean, never even. I mean, like we wouldn't even know where the story is, much less why. Yes. And so I, I just don't know where. To, I, I don't know how to deal with it. I'm truly yes. lost. Yes. Okay. So have a look at what ideas you're running. Spiritual people are supposed to behave better than non-spiritual people. You, you know? All of these kind of things are that I should have been more advanced. I should be no longer taking things personally. So we've got self-image in there. So it's kind of, image is, is kind of permeating it all. It's like the image that you have about spirituality and about the world out there and the image you have about yourself. You know? Okay. So why is there an expectation that spiritual people are supposed to be more authentic than working whoever works in Costco? I mean, salt of the earth people are salt of the earth people, whether they know something about this or not. Authenticity doesn't have is not hijacked by spirituality. It's the wacky ones who end up doing the spiritual work, no? Isn't it? A lot of the time, you know? You know? We, we don't fit any place else very often. And so I just say, is that it? I just sort of wipe that. Say, okay, I have a bad self-image about spiritual people and about myself. No, good, good. I already good. have been. I mean, I already understand that. I'm so, so why is the pain continuing? It's, okay, because when, when there's pain because and... I still have to deal with it. I mean, I still am in the... It affects me day it affects what's going on in my life. Okay. So how come it is, has been given that much power? It's been given meaning and power. Uh, without being very smart, I'm not to be too specific here. Um, if you have to be specific, it's I, worth it. I, I guess because it affects me in my... Uh, uh, a daily routine, what I do. Can you be specific? No. Okay, can I just ask you why you can't be specific? I was hoping that uh, there would hardly be anybody here that knew me or I knew them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> okay, so do you think you're trying to protect your self-image now? Uh, right now? Okay, so you, you, there's people here that know you and you don't want... And the person. And the person is here. Yes. No, 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 that person's not here. But okay. Yeah, so... So they know the person. Okay, so, so protecting the story is now more important than yeah. you moving out of it. Uh, I'm trying to think about how I can say the story without... <laughs> no, this, but this is, this is the gem. This is actually what's causing the pain. Yeah is because you, you're saying that you know you have a self-image and you know you, you believed certain, ex, you had expectations about spiritual people and their behavior. But at, so you know those at a conceptual level. But when I test you on it, what's your behavior doing? No, we won't expose my self-image, we won't expose the incident because you're scared of what people are going to say about you. You're still maintaining a self-image. You've seen, but you haven't transcended it. So of course you're stuck, of course you're suffering. 
You'd have learned nothing if the pain had gone and you're still promoting this. This huge shift happens for all of us at some point where you know that your spiritual path is going to have to be more important than maintaining what you think is right. Because your spiritual path, if you come from that authentic place, it's not about right or wrong, it's about following that inner knowing and taking a chance and jumping in and trusting that somehow the fallout is going to be okay. But at the moment you're trying to control. You're trying to damage limitation. It's like damage limitation for your self-image while you maintain the suffering. Okay, if you want to keep suffering. But you're going to stay stuck. Unless you're able to like, I have to do this for me. And I'm not going to try and control the consequences anymore. I have to do this because suffering has to end. I've got to see what's going on here. Okay, if you have that kind of determination, all right. We can get rid of the pain tonight. Up to you. <laughs> See how mind will negotiate, huh? Sure. Yeah. As you like, you can have the much. You can, of course. Thank you. Closer to you, maybe I get it. <laughs> sure, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But well, we can try. Can you move the chair to the right? Sure. No. I'll move mine. Yeah. Okay. So let's walk the talk. Yes, where are you going to go from there? It's not there, it's out of here. I don't see it. You don't see it? No. That's all right. The personality doesn't see it. I feel like I'm stuck here. Okay. Just uh, 
feeling of being stuck somewhere that I can't go further anymore. That's how I feel. Okay. So the experience of being stuck here, that you can't go anymore, so that experience is being had. That experience is being experienced by the totality, by all of it. But you're making the experience yours. It's like it's an experience passing through humanity. And you've pulled it into making it be your experience. Even the stuckness part of it is passing through because everything is changing all of the time, always moving. Even though things look still, they're always changing. Yeah. I don't see that. Yes, because the experience of being stuck is talking. Being stuck is part of the flow. Being stuck has to be available as an experience. But every experience comes and goes. It doesn't seem like that. Yeah. That's because it's the experience. Because I'm holding on to it, is it? Yes, you are holding on to it. Because the stuckness is talking. The experience of the stuckness is talking. Whereas if you can, and I suppose the invitation is to separate back, to see that, yeah, that's the experience of stuck, stuck, stuckness talking. It's feeling that there's no movement and it's, I'm at the end of the line and it's always going to be here and it's blocked. And step back and observe that that experience is happening. Come into the observer position. Because right now the experience is fully yours. And you're the one who's stuck, and it's like, hold on. Pull right back and see that the experience of stuckness must feel stuck. It has to feel stuck, because that's stuckness. But something is seeing that stuckness is being experienced. And that which is seeing knows that stuckness is an experience that's passing through. Right. Okay, so now... So I surrender to that. Surrender to that. So observe, just observe that that experience is happening. The observer... So it comes and goes, right? Yes, it comes and goes, yeah. yeah. So I should ignore it? Yes. Yes. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> he said, I guess ignorance is bliss. So that's kind of the experiences you're talking about. Every time I feel that experience is just see it as an experience. That's and all ignore it, is. it. That's all it is. Be fine with it. Like experiences come and go, and they're all the same, they're just experiences. But if we make them ours, they have quality, and they have I like and I don't like, and they have all these sensations. Right. It's just an experience. 
Who cares? Only the one having the experience is the one who cares about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Sure. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. well, Jack, I had an experience about four months ago where um, I had a lot of internal um, emotional challenges. And it felt as though everything around me was resistant to my perspective. Mm. And it was probably for about a two-week period. And then there was a couple events that had led up to um, my body being exhausted. And I knew that I just needed to let go and surrender to the experiences in my conscious mind, but um, there was a lot of resistance to that. And one evening, the creator says, you're going to experience something different, and you have to do it different. So. I was not able to take another breath or take another step, and I was standing, and then I was horizontal, and then I was unconscious. And I have a recollection of that, but I remember awakening within minutes and feeling very weak and not being able to stand or move. And it actually took me five days to get back into my body and to Mm -hmm. be able to function. But from that day forth, um, it was like a newborn child. Ah. Like my perspective of life had changed. Yes. And it's still relatively new. I remember that five days of stepping back and you had said, you know, we need to blow it up. And that's ultimately what had happened leading up to that experience. Um, Things got too overwhelming for my system to be able to control it anymore or to cope with it. Yes. Um, But my question for you is that There are times where I I watch and I observe my behavior and my conscious mind is very aware of reaction and action. And it still goes there. And so my question is, how can I, even though I, I watch it and I'm aware, I still cannot catch it quick enough to stay in the surrendering in that place of peace that I had for the five days that mm-hmm. I was in the, um, the in-between place of the dualities. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it sounds like there's a density in your body that's, that's not allowing the integration, you know? Because uh, uh, we function on many levels. And, and once a, a, a shift happens and it's like, whoa, your perspective is completely different energetically we're, we're operating at a different frequency it's like we've souped up and that has to follow right through to the cellular level and so if we interfere with that and lo and behold the body will be like oh what's going on what's going on and if we if we don't keep the body really clean at that time it's going to like have more density and Let's re rebuild the status quo because I'm familiar with that. And boom, in it will come again. It's quite likely that if you, if you get a good practice around being really clean in the body, about really, really having, I don't know, do a detox, do go to yoga every day or something that makes sense to you or jump in the sea every day, whatever is your gig, mm -hmm. but something to really, really help the body to hold on to a uh, uh, the next gear. The shift in the frequency. The shift in the yeah. frequency. It's definitely the frequency you're referring to that resonates. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it's like something in your system is not going there. Mm -hmm. So you can see that your thoughts aren't going there, but it's like, you know what, if we go through the body, that can clean up how we connect to the mind. Mm -hmm. You see? We can go at it from the back door. Um, so the, the, then the next thing is, okay, so, so your consciousness, you can see that, that, that your mind is going to a certain zone. Um, something that you'd like to, to change and you possibly know that that's old stuff and that's part of who I was and it's not part of who I am, you know, or who, this new phase. You can do a few things. One is you can just say, look, that's the personality and it's not who I am. That's just the personality. She's, she's allowed to have her own little, whatever it is, quirks. And, you know, and if you can do that without playing a game, if it's like, actually, you know, that's fine. Maybe that doesn't need to change at all. Maybe that doesn't need to change. It'll change if it's going to change. Be gentle with yourself with that one. Because if there are aspects of the personality that don't need to change, that might be one of them. You've got to figure that out. Okay? Now, if the reaction is coming from a fear place and if it's really reaction and you know it's like uh, it's like pulling it's got too much power it's pulling you okay it's very strong okay okay yeah you've got to have it there okay so the second that you do it I still watch it <laughs> yeah you still watch it so when you see it have you the power to stop it it's getting easier but um, I, I often find myself um, as if I should know better or okay like after the fact all right like, yeah you know there, yeah. there's confusion and frustration yeah and like you said be kind to yourself yeah that that's a place that maybe yeah, that, yeah, be softer with yourself around this. There's a little trick that would be really good, I think, to if, see, see if it resonates. When, when you're like, whoa, I'm in the old reaction again, the second that you spot it, stop supporting it. If it means 
You were walking away from somebody and you were like winning an argument. You were, you, you, you were doing your thing in the old pattern. The second's like, I'm at it again. Don't feed it for another second. Because the second that you know I'm in that same old BS again, and then you still follow it, okay, now actually you're choosing the ego. Now you're actually investing knowingly in the ego. Doesn't matter what you look like, drop the self-image. If there is a knowing, I'm in the old pattern, it's like, whoops, actually, I've got to go. I'm sorry. Oh, it doesn't matter. Get out of there. Just stop supporting it. Okay. okay? Because when you have that insight and you see a behavior, nip it. There is nothing worse than setting up a loop in your mind which says, when I see the behavior, I'll still play the game. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's lethal. That's the that's ego. That's the frustration for the last few months that I've found witnessing it and going and, back into that dance. Yes. Yeah. The second that you witness it, you have the courage to break it. It's like, I'm not supporting this. I don't care how stupid I look. I don't care. I'm not supporting this. That will make a huge difference. Sure. Sure. Like it. Hi. progress in this area. Thank you for everything you shared. I've definitely got a lot from all the shares already. Um, I'm wondering if you can share some insight or tools. Uh, my family of origin seems to be a stronghold in an area that very easily pulls me back. Yep. Tips or hints? Yeah. I don't know who it was, but some famous guru said, if you think you're enlightened, spend three weeks with your family. (laughs) You know, you know, it's the most potent place. What happens for you? What's the story that runs? What reaction do you get into? What's your, what's your gig there? I feel, I feel in the majority of other areas of my life, I'm able to see, I'm able to see when the story arises and choose not to enter into it. That doesn't even occur. Like I get totally blindsided, oh. and I'm in it, and I'm engaging fully. Oh. And it's and it's only when I walk away, piss off. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, I bought the story. You Pure bought the story. <laughs> Again. <laughs> wow. So, have you played with? With, okay, I'm going into a family situation right now, and before you go in the door, before you return a phone call, of like, okay, I'm going to hold my own here. No. Okay, that's very useful. Because you're setting yourself up in a different position before you enter into the danger zone. <laughs> Do you see? Because, because you're bringing that awareness to, to, to the start of the exchange. Because otherwise it's like, vump, ego will slip in. It's, it's like, okay, I'm just going to hold my center here. I have nothing to prove. I don't need anything from any of them. All the, the, the opposites of what the ego thrives on. And set that up. It's like, bring that into your conscious mind. Because you go unconscious when you're in there. So it's like, you've got to soup up your consciousness, your awareness, before you meet family. huh? It's like, okay, I'm not, def- I'm not going to argue with anything. I don't need to prove myself. I do not need to compete. I don't need them to hear me, understand me, even like me. 
don't need any of this anymore. My physical presence is going to be there, and if something is said, something is said. And really, I don't care. If that's what you have to say, do you know? Just like, okay, redefine your position. Because what you've got to do is you've got to change your own system so that your default being in the family, your default wiring that connects with these people is different. You've got to change your wiring. It's not about them changing at all. So for you to change your wiring, you've got to be working with a different motherboard, you know, as you approach them, you know? You know? Mm. That's making sense. Something that you shared with someone earlier about about, uh, kind of attachment to outcome, you know, and that was resonating with what you're saying. So I'm saying, okay, so how do I interpret this as forming this this exercise with this person that feels like it's a similar exercise every time that I'm seeing it as sparring? Yes. Yes. Yeah, sure. Sure. You're welcome. Microphone's here. <laughs> um, Jack, uh, it's quite in line with what has been spoken here before. Um, every time that I fly, I'm preparing to go on a trip, usually involving an airplane. A um, sense of I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be able to get that ferry on time. I'm not going to be able to get the train or whatever it is that takes me to the airplane. I'm not going to get, and there's an unrealistic fear. Mm. It's like it overtakes me. I mean, with what you said before about um, take a position, I would like to take a position within myself, it's not somebody out there. Yes. It's all in here. Yes. That there's this absolute, um, yeah, it's very frightened, I almost want to say child, but it isn't. It's, it's a fear that I'm not going to be able to get there on time. And I've been trying to, you know, I've, I've been delved, I was delving into it, and this happens about like four days before. Mm. It goes on and on. Wow. So yeah. I, I was standing there and really facing it and saying, okay, come on, I'm going to see this. And I, I don't know, I, maybe it goes back eons, I don't know. Yeah. But, but it's like, do I have the courage? And these are only things, I like what you said also to this woman about, you know, your self-image, is there, it all is, there seems to be some sort of thread running through. And I think when everybody shares, somehow it's part of everybody talking, right? Yes, um, yes. Because all of this, all the, the big, it brings down this, to this almost primal fear of, but I know, who gives a damn if I, you know, I, so what, if, if what happens if I get another plane, right? You know, yes. And so what if you miss it? So what? Yes. It's like my life depends on it. Ah. I miss that boat. I miss whatever. Ah. Something bad. Ah. So I don't know if there's any... Huh. You know, I've been on this path. 
Yeah, a while. A while. Hmm. Long. And you know. Sure. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about it or. And even when I'm talking about it, when you said self image, I said, well, why do I hold that back? Why don't I say something? Yeah. And then we'll be really thinking over. Yeah. Whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, do you know what it feels like, Paula? It's like, it's like... Okay, we can call this a past life thing, where, where we, you know, if we talk about, like, time being linear, and that the eye is a continuum, and it goes in and out of bodies, and if, you, if that all makes sense to you, then it would sound like a past life. But really what's happening is energetically tuning into an experience that's oscillating someplace in your energy field. Someplace in your energy field, there's like an experience of like, really, it's, it's almost a memory. It's almost a memory, because like, what's a memory anyway? We don't even, we, we just trust different pictures that they're memories, but you're, you know, two people write the same thing and they have completely different memories of us. Like, whoops, what really happened? So memory is very shady, and so is this kind of thing. But how it reads to you now, whatever this memory or past life or this frequency, whatever your tradition is, we'll find a word for it. It doesn't matter. But the experience right now is what I'm after. So the experience is that when you tune into this thing, which is triggered by travel, flight in particular, when you tune into this, is like, if I'm not there, I'm going to die. So it's, this kind of thing can be deposited when somebody dies as a result of missing something, right? So let's say somebody, whatever, missed whatever it is. They, they, they missed a deadline and as a result, whoever was left was murdered. They missed the last, whatever it was, train out of a war zone and knew that if I miss this, this whole area is going to get flattened. Right, so then I'm giving a scenario, but this is typical of what would cause the energy like this to appear in the first place. So then that person, as they die, there is a total cause and effect sent out there. It's just a charge of energy that didn't get discharged at death. Right? And so this charge of energy is just out there. It's, what, it's, what, it's where we get experiences from. This is what we tune into all the time. So this charge of energy says, says death will come because I didn't make it. I was too late. I didn't make it, and death came because of that, cause and effect. Being late for something causes death. So that belief system, if that's not dropped at the time of death, it's there. And it's like you've picked up, you've picked up a belief system that's charged. And if it's charged that frequently, and it's around that time, you know, and it's around that long, and, and you've done loads of work but you can't find it, for sure it's, it's, it's because it came from somebody else who died. For sure. Ah. It's like, there are horses. Yeah. And they're chasing. Yeah, okay. I have this, I mean, this is like, yeah. You can't stand horses. You can't stand horses, yeah. Or running horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is very interesting. Yes. Okay, so the image is getting wider because you've got an auditory thing coming in now, and hearing is the last sense to go, isn't it? When you die, hearing is the last sense to go. So this is what you pick up. Okay, so you get the sound, you know? This is normal enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what you've got to do is discharge this as though it's somebody, it's somebody who died. I mean, you've got to just discharge it as a piece of energy out there. It's nothing to do with the Paula story. It's just, it's just that you've... The experience of it, the charge of that feeling, that emotion, has found a way to have significance in your own life. And so erroneously you think it's got to do with flying and, and is it my controller and is it this, but actually it's nothing to do with that at all. It's just, just you've tuned into something. But we, we make sense of things in our own world. We translate them and we dilute them so that they make sense to us. And very little, of course, has anything to do with what's going on in our life. Very little. But we attribute all kinds of things to our life because we'd blow our circuits if we knew how fantastic and interwoven life is. You know? It's too wide. We want to make it narrower and like, just enough now for me to control and I'll manage my emotions and they're yours and that's not my stuff and it's like, oh God. <laughs> you know? It's, it's all shared. It's everywhere. And it's all perfect. But the thing is, so it's like, anything can happen. Anything can happen, and it's beautiful. Let it all be there. So play with it in, in whatever capacity makes sense for your own mind. If past life makes sense, use that. But know that it's just a framework for mind to have an understanding. You know? I never thought of a past life. It just feels like it's always been there. Yeah. It's not your past life, you see. It's just, it's just a charge of energy that, that got released into the atmosphere at the, at the time of death, you know? Yeah, and it's just being discharged through you. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. so, Down so, to the corner. So yeah. just to continue that, how, how can she work with that? How can she dis dissipate fear? Okay, so if she, goes into, if she goes into meditation, right, or into some stillness practice, um, it's just like, okay, let's try and find that again. Okay, let's say I'm go just literally rig it up. Rig it up? Yeah, rig it up. Whether she does it now and imagines she's taking a flight on Tuesday or whether it's four days before the next flight. Right? And just say, okay, I'm going to go into that feeling now. Let's see if I can hear the horses. Because now she's not... She'll find it because she's not linking it to her own pathology, her own conditioning. She's not linking it to her own story anymore because it's not, nothing to do with her story. She's pulled that apart. So when, when we... When we're not trying to make it fit, we can see it for what it is. And so there, in, in, in showing her the way I saw it, she, she had the auditory. In came the sound at the time of death. It makes perfect sense. The hearing, was, the hearing was still working while that fear, that belief system of like, I'm being killed because I didn't make that method of mode of transport. So, so once, once she can put together those few pieces that she has, then her mind isn't diluting the experience and the full experience, she'd be able to feel it and break it up. And say, okay, we didn't make it, but you know what? It was time to go anyway. That's just, it was just traumatic and, drama traumatic and dramatic, but that's the way it was going to spin out anyway. That was my time. It was finished. It was all over. And so if that understanding goes in on the charge, breaks up. There's identity in it, you see. Identity will always hold the charge in, a, in a, a thought, a belief that's out there or yours, it's all the same. But in the dualistic perspective, it's mine or not mine, but actually, it's all everybody's. That's really interesting, so it's not personal? No, nothing's personal. <laughs> Nothing is personal. It's only a perspective that tells you it's personal. Yeah. 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 My feeling was very similar to hers, to yours. 
but it wasn't death, uh, you know, if you don't make the flight. Mine was ab abandonment. Oh, I'm, ah. I'm going to be left on the platform. I'm going to be left. Yeah. So, so that's really interesting because you said it's just a thread that keeps keeps weaving itself. So it's not personal. That's wonderful. No, it's not personal. Nothing is so personal. It's just a charge that happened. Yes. And, and so it somehow it's linking. Yes. And so somehow it's linking in. And what do we do? It must it must make sense to my world. And so exactly. we add all kinds of stories onto things in order to try and understand something. And we've moved it so far away from what it really is. Yeah. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you. Sure, you're welcome. Of course, it can be a, a long one. My English is not so great That's okay. because I'm from Italy, but I try. I find this uh, transformational breathing technique, if you ever heard about that. And um, it is about being able to, to bring on from subconscious level, unconscious level. Okay. Also the feelings, you know, and kind of those kind of memories, like you say. Okay. You know, they are around. You know, from the past, whatever they are still somewhere yes. in a memory. So, uh, some number of people they say uh, that it's not good to go to, you know, completely to emotions, to past, to past experiences, and bring out emotions. And you can just kind of uh, control with being positive, being <coughs> optimistic, to uh, be always um, kind of just with your. Uh, you say the power of your mind to, to change things. Uh, and I'm a little confused about it because I do believe that when I did this transformational breath, it helps me really to be aware, aware of my emotions by uh, being with them again mm -hmm. and to be with that fear and mm -hmm. to be with those feelings. So, mm -hmm. But I do also had kind of confrontation with the people, they said you don't need to feel them anymore. You just you just can kind of recognize them and mm -hmm. to say, okay, you know, mm -hmm. be with fear but without the story. Yes. Uh, but that means having feeling, uh, being there emotionally or not. Emotions are fine. There's more. Mm. And the more <coughs> that uh, that we get used to the stillness underneath it all or the void behind it all whatever makes sense to you at the deepest part it speak, that deeper part speaks louder than the human experiences and so the human experiences can fall into their natural pattern an emotion comes and an emotion goes and it's, it seems to be felt in the way it needs to be felt just because it's an expression of being human. But that your attention doesn't, is, is not fully with them. There's no denial of them, no suppression of them, but that your attention is in what you really are. It's like on the inside. And so, so it's not about, you know, how do we deal with emotions. It's like find a way where they can move with ease that there's no fear of them, that emotions are just understood to be part of being human. It's just movement, e-motion. It's, it's just energy moving. Well, thank you. That's beautiful because um, this technique did help me to move them. Yes. Not to suppress or oppress them inside, just to move them. Yes. 
But then I got some kind of feedback, you don't need to feel them, you don't need to. So it's like, wow, but I was feeling much more lighter after that. Yeah. And kind of my mind and those feelings, was they were not there anymore. And yes. I was really feeling kind of like I lost 100 pounds somewhere, you know, and it's like, okay, whatever. Yes. You know, life is easy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and I, that's right. Could re- I could reach this moment. Yes. So I was like, for me, it works. So then yes. I was kind of listening to this feedback from other people uh-huh. confused me a little bit. So actually uh-huh. saying it's okay to stay with them. Yes, yes. Yes, don't give them any power. It's just to keep it moving. It's like to stay unblocked in every level. No blocks on any level. You know? Whether it's in the body, whether it's in your mind, just no resistance. Just, it's like life flows. You know, and and even the feeling of being stuck is a flow, as this gentleman found it. It's like, oh my God, you know, when you see it, it's actually not stuck at all. It's just the experience of being stuck. It's fine. So, being as unblocked as you can, let things just move. And it's like you'll find, you know, this is just being human. This is just natural. You don't have to think about it. It's like you, you, you train yourself how to be human and then it's done. <laughs> you know, it really is done. And life happens and the natural response, you know you can trust it because it's the one that's coming. You know, it's like organic. Something organic is allowed to do the living. Sure. Uh, just one more thing to yeah. she talked about someone's cultural hurting her whatever if I can uh-huh. say something it happened to me too uh-huh. and was actually monk okay uh, who said some feedback to to some mind uh, thoughts that I had and uh, at the moment hurt me a lot too because I thought it was my spiritual family this is a monk he should be better than me he should be much uh, I, and actually, after this experience, when I work on that and when I really realized and I was kind of like for two months stuck with that thing because it really hurts me and I thought it's something wrong with me, um, then I kind of start to understand that no one is different than me. Uh, mm. No one is uh, better than me just yes. because they meditate 6, 8, 12, 24 hours per day or whatever. Yes. yes. Uh, so I just want to say to a lady that it's, it really doesn't matter who is it and if they are spiritual or not. It's uh, really all about you uh, not allowed others to be something more than you are, a better version than you. Uh, because they are really not. They are really not. Hmm. And you awesome. can find people that you deserve to have around you, you know, and they do understand who you are and appreciate you for who you are. Thank you. Okay. If I, just say, I had sure. a very similar story. We're gone over time. Are you coming in the morning? Okay. Can it wait until the morning? You okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. Lovely to hang with you. Um, we'll be here all day tomorrow and all day Sunday. Do we start at 10 or t- 10.30? 10.30 in the morning and we'll take an organic lunch break at some point and we'll have a bit of fun. Okay. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome.